0: Okay, so this one is going to be a cycling podcast, um, starting to really get into into bike touring, uh, preparing for some challenges, um, so I've just been to put the order in for the touring bike, but I've got a nice little cruiser I'm, I'm on, cycling in between Bristol and Bath at the moment, just uh, spending the Fridays now, trying to finish the PhD project by October so I'm trying to double the efforts and and part of that is making sure I have enough inspiration to keep writing about a topic that I started six years ago so uh, and at the same time you know just writing more so Uh, I've really tried to get back into the love of writing, because I really felt like it was flowing so easy when I knew so much less, and then as I started looking at the literature, knowing more, obviously I started self-censoring, which is a good thing, so I don't anymore think that my views are correct. But there is a danger to that as well that it can become a very unhuman process trying to write scientifically so i was actually telling a friend recently that i've noticed that a long time ago and smarter people that they start losing their confidence because they realize every utterance has to be self-corrected in their mind as, you know, as soon as you say it you know that language is limiting to all of the knowledge that you have. And then you start sounding not definitive. You know, some people think you're wishy-washy. When you open a sentence, you know, an answer to a silly simple question with, it depends. You know, they think you're being evasive. Or when you're asked, you know, summarize this into a few words. Or tell, it, tell me like I'm a five-year-old. Or the worst people that, you know, you, you start showing them the detail they asked for, and they're like, no, 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 give me just the summary. And then you give them the summary, and then they're looking for more. So these are problems of communication. These are not problems of knowledge. And I spent enough time in marketing, which deals with communication to an extent, to understand that you can always have a longer discussion and uh back and forth is necessary so this has really helped me uh see writing as a process like that as well and i have been able to write more in addition uh just crystallizing some rules of thumb from other writers about the process itself how it can be made smoother like i didn't know that writing drafts and editing you know just the same way as in communication when you self-correct yourself Our processes are processes that uh, use different neural circuits so if you're trying to use both of them at the same time it's cognitively more taxing <sighs> so competing things like that take up more energy so uh, I'm using a software that forces me to split these processes because naturally I'm more associative in my mind So it it helps it forces me to draft you know, outline first uh, What I'm gonna say then draft then edit and actually as part of the the editing I I do a two-step because again I let my uh, intuitive writing go in in drafting, but I split the editing into, firstly, what I call the splitting into sen- smaller sentences, you know, like the cross-cultural thing, like in Western culture, in English, and I think in scientific writing as well, s- simpler sentences are, uh, you know, they're seen as better. I got brought up in Bulgaria where, w- like most of our, Linguistic training was in showing that you understand how to write a sentence that has three sentences in it and it's still coherent. Now that's a co- cross-cultural thing. Like I actually think that people that write in simple s- sentences are simpler because of my cultural upbringing. But in the West, and I'm writing in the West, you know, simple sentences like "Oh, you know, wow, so clear." Well, it's just another way of expressing yourself and i 'm not an atomistic philosopher; they believes that there is you know such a thing as the most simplest uh, utterance you can make, and then that 's kind of more connected to a true concept than a more complex one so i't i'm not studying uh mathematical structures or physical concepts for that to be like really important, but if it 's needed, I do use uh, the Hemingway app on online to help me break down sentences into shorter ones just the way Hemingway used to do and that gives me more bulk for the writing of the thesis because for some reason again that needs to be done in a certain length and there needs to be segues in between chapters and across chapters that actually you know in the world of today are more like back button and a front button on a screen that you read right so it's just that we're being asked to produce some outputs that are based on an old older practice older technology you know that we need to write linearly but you know if that's the game it's actually simpler than the real effortful thinking i need to do so I can play that game and I'm getting better at it chunking it up so that's the one part of the editing process step and then the other part is uh, then rewriting every sentence by using uh, the essay app from Jordan Peterson that allows you to keep your previous draft sentences and then just make sure they more clearly either like, you pick the right words and then rewrite them so I rewrite and then reorder as well because my mind uh, does jump more to starting with the broader and then chunking it down into the narrower but for you know and that helps me think but for reading the order oftentimes needs to be reversed so that you know, people don't start with being at the top of a peak with you and it's like, what the fuck are we doing here at the top of a mountain at a peak? How did we climb up here? So climbing so the foothills, you know, that's something that my supervisor is trained into me over the last five years. Very thankful. So that's been the writing process, and I had to realize there is a Skill there to to pick up so that it becomes interesting because that's how I work. I like to pick up skills that make my life easier. It's very selfish, like because a PhD it's not just about getting the the letters for me anymore. I I've already achieved a lot more than I expected from this PhD. Like I totally transformed. So there is the aspect of using it to make sure I become better at the craft and then just giving back so i'm starting to to think now how do i more clearly communicate to the audiences i care for the work that i've done so that other researchers in my community can use that as a stepping stone in their work and then selfishly i think that's how you get citations i mean It was interesting for me when I was at a conference for the International Place Branding Association everyone would say to me, oh you're studying emotions oh you know we all know it's about emotions but we don't, you know, study it because it's like it's unstudiable well it might be but even if you have a philosophical paper that you can cite that someone else is doing it, you're not saying it, maybe it helps you you know it's not your neck on the line And I don't have an academic career to worry about and throw away for writing halfway into philosophy, halfway into science. So I can be helpful like that. You know, what are the leaps of faith we need to make as a community? Maybe that's too practical, but that's what I'm trying to do now. Think about which gaps I'm really plugging that are not just the empirical data I know. saying that you've got a theoretical contribution is like big words but i'm not talking about adding to the theory of how the world is i'm talking about the theory of how places should be you know branding themselves that is the the remit and it's a very narrow remit. like you can know the global community that does that i know them so another aspect that i'm thinking that could be helpful to the community on top of talking about emotions, is linking back to what the goals of place branding could be. Because everybody in the community talks about like, oh, you know, we start with place marketing, place branding. These are using um, the tools of business management and marketing specifically, imagining the places are a bit like commodities, a bit like products, and then working from there. And then we criticize that that's not enough. So I'm trying to offer, you know, look back at others that have plugged gaps for me that could plug those gaps for the community and working from middle principles, what I call. now not first principles. First principles are for the natural sciences. I think that there is just the equivalence in social sciences, but I would call them from middle principles because we have to work off of this acceptance that there is a bit of a way that we're thrown in and you don't know, uh, you can't have a solid foundation that is static because you end up in fundamentalism, that's why we call it fundamentalism, now you're seeking for fundamentalist things, in the social sciences that's not helpful because we study dynamic processes in society and psychology, So. I'm trying to start from middle, middle principles, and those middle principles could be grounded in the works of, of Maslow, who's done the work, you know, 50 years of a research program in studying the best way that humans can thrive. Well I think that's a lot of what plays Branding eventually tries to elucidate but reading Maslow back to Maslow and I've podcasted about the the idea of how these ideas translate into place as place actualizing I think it could be a very realistic middle principles starting point to go from so it what that means very practically is that I've seen in the UK, for example, business improvement districts have these plans. This is what we're gonna do for the five years that we have been elected for from the local, uh from the local area occupants, because they're not just businesses, you know, there's always whoever's there. And they always have these three tiers. It's like, it's kind of dealing with basic, uh more, physical stuff and dealing with relationships and in the middle and then trying to aspire towards more. So in Maslow's works these are not represented as a pyramid that's a misconception from managerialism trying to represent it as if we're always gunning for the aspirational about It is a hierarchy because some needs are more prepotent. So if humans don't have their safety needs, basic needs, met like shelter, food, security, the other ones don't even appear in the mind. So how can you as a place brand manager ensure that your strategy gets people that are uh, stuck at being more prepotently caring about those needs to meet their potential there and that varies it's not like the same for everyone so that they can then realize that being connected to their place and having an esteem within the community because they're giving back is uh you know going to be good for their well-being and only after those layers are properly met then you Spend some on aspiring for actualizing your potential. And potential here is not anything, you know, maximum, some weird maximum that you'll be an enlightened being. No, no, it's bounded within your personal situation. So that framework can get a grounding about how place branding can go beyond dealing with perceptions of place. You know, some of the work gets stuck in, you know, like, oh, it's about subjective experiences. So what's subjective? Well, perception is subjective. Okay, fine, it is subjective. Uh, Beyond perceptions of place, there is a common being. And while it's not very easily studied, through the methods of the natural sciences, or even the the social sciences, you have to get a bit humanistic. So that is obviously questions. Uh, It's trying out a little bit. But this might sound more wishy-washy, but it's actually, if you take the perspective of being realistic and paying attention to what people's experiences are like, Actually, closer to the reality than a weird aspiration towards economic growth, right? And if you have to pick yourself by your own bootstraps theoretically somewhere, better say that you're going to be human centered and look at the and meeting the needs of people than saying, and then economic growth. Like, that's not. It's I've noticed it's like a throwaway comment that people think because like you start talking about softer aspects and it's like oh how's that realistic blah 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 and it's like well few are a bit more realistic and didn't just call realism just reduc- reductive skepticism and economic priority setting and a framework based on human centered design could be better. So this specific you know riff is gonna turn into more concrete writing where I'm trying to see within the study that I've got of how a sample of participants choose where to live and talk about their uh, humanistic decision-making, let's call it that. So starting from, okay, what are their priorities? And I asked questions about uh, at each situation where they chose where to live, was that rational? And I also asked, you know, so actually first before asking him what's rational, so it's not leading, I asked, okay, so what are your priorities? When choosing where to live and then ask about it. So got a sample of about over 200 places that you had experience of choosing from, so like the consideration set. And these were places that were birthplaces, places they've lived before, places they visited, places where they have family and friends and the criteria was that they to include was that they should have a direct experience of them or if they have family and friends connections that that would be included at the edges so it's not a concrete sample but a bit fuzzier but when you look back to being realistic that was the assumption i made that uh, not i'm not interested in what um, they might aspire to to go because People would say, oh, I'll go in you know, Australia if I have to, in a heartbeat for a job. But then would they, when you look at, they've moved where they had the opportunity, they've moved where they had close people that could guide them where to go. So it's possible, but just in the frame, like in the framework of, of Maslow reaching for the aspiration of self-actualizing, is less prepotent, so maybe less like. And this is where my data is not enough to to exactly say, but uh, this is where I'm up to. And so these are the places included. So I'm interested in how they shaped the past experience of participants. Oh, I'm gonna take a break to eat. Tiring stuff. Uh, And I'm gonna wrap it here and then I'll continue another time talking about the next lot of writing. I'm not gonna give myself extra work. Just checking this baby out.